Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. And good morning, afternoon, whatever you're listening to this podcast. I want to welcome you into the Culture Classroom. Coach Torrey, so good to see you again post-surgery. Post-surgery, yeah, that's sore, tender, haven't worked out in about two weeks. Like it's just, that's hard mentally. Um, you know, I feel like a little pudgier than normal, but uh, you look you great. Know, you look great. Human nature, right? Can't, I can't speed up time, you know, and I don't remember when I had my other knee, for those of you who don't know, like I tore my meniscus and I uh, had a floating bone and some other things with my knee. But when I had my right knee done about 10 years ago, I don't feel like it took two weeks to recover. Uh I'm taking all of two weeks plus more now that I'm a little older. (laughs) Well, glad to hear that you're doing better. Glad to see that you're feeling better. Um, An interesting topic that I want to talk about today, and it's a Muhammad Ali quote, and had some life uh, instances that happened. A guy that I was a D coordinator with when I got back into coaching um, had a really rare form of cancer and has passed away. And um, Doug Branding is his name, and uh, Funerals Friday. And um, he had one, of, he had two things he always said. One was the one that we're going to talk about, the other one was, It is what it is. It is what it is. And with any circumstance, whether it be a parent, whether it be a player, whether it be a coworker, it is what it is. And, uh, the form of lo- the, the definition of loyalty was him because uh, he always had the teacher's back or the coach's back no matter what um, to that. The other one is the Muhammad Ali quote. And um, it's so prevalent in my mind right now, especially since he just died on Monday, is don't count the days, make the days count. And I think in today's society, we're trying to get the next best thing that we're not making those days count. We're counting the days to Friday. You know, every coach gets to Monday and they're like, oh, I can't wait till Friday. Well, there's some stuff that has to go in, you know, preparation and stuff like that. But just thinking about don't count the days, make the days count. And I think every coach knows that quote. It's nothing new. But the perspective of it is, you know, of us pausing and taking time and, and enjoy life. Enjoy the season that you're in. Enjoy that we're in week nine for us, probably week eight or week seven for you. And enjoy it. Don't rush through it. Like, I can't wait till football season's over. I can't wait till Christmas or I can't wait till this or next year rolls around. Because sometimes, what is it? Like, a lot of people say, what, stop and smell the roses, right? Just that same kind of deal. Um, but it's just been sitting with me since Monday afternoon after practice. I got the text message from his wife. Um, just thinking about don't count the days, make the days count. That each day that we walk this earth, each day that we're at practice, each day that we're in a school, each day that you're with coworkers, how are you maximizing that day? Yeah, I think it's it's really powerful. And it's hard because human nature is let's look ahead to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then coaches know that the next thing there is that sequence of events that has to happen and right. it's chronological and it has to go in order. Um, and I know we all want to play on Friday, right? 
but you got to do the work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to get to Friday. Right. And I like I told our team that the other day, like we had an absolutely awful practice getting ready for a really good opponent a couple weeks ago, had an awful practice on Tuesday and everyone was in a bad mood. Scout team wasn't very good. You know, uh, starting O and D weren't very good. Special teams was absolutely awful. Right. So everyone's in a bad mood. And at the end of practice, like our, our coach just kind of asked, like, he's like, all right, coaches, what do you have to say? And for me, it was easy. It was like, guys, we didn't play tonight. Like, yeah, it was a bad practice, but we didn't play tonight. So the challenge was to come back Wednesday and close that gap of wherever we were Tuesday to whatever it was going to take Friday. You got to close the gap a little every day so that we can win on Friday night. Right. And I just think that's a great example of making the days count because Tuesday might be absolutely awful. Wednesday should be a little bit better. Thursday, they should be feeling better yet. And Friday, you should go out and execute. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, too many times we want to jump to Friday when it's like we're not ready for Friday. Right. That's right. Um, and I started thinking about this, like making the days count that um, I'm just reading old quotes from him. Uh, Dougisms is what we're going to call them. Uh, my friend Jerry and I are like, are we going to write that book called Dougisms? I was like, who's going to read it? Us? <laughs> just us two. Um, but there was a lot of times that he would tell us that when he was in coaching, so he retired and got back into coaching is this is one of his quotes in the paper. He goes, I want to live life to the fullest and enjoy every day that I spend, but I maximize the way I spend my time. And I was like, wow. So here's a story on that. He was a planner. This guy was a planner. Planned everything. So you talk about spending time. It's like what you said in previous episodes. President Obama had every six minutes lined out. Uh, yeah. I believe Doug had every three minutes lined out of what was going on. Um, so yes, he taught me about how to manage a team and this and that, and we're, you know, prioritization and, but here's the thing that, that sticks out to me in July of this year, he came and met with me in the office and he's like, I need to see you. And I was like, sure. I'm at the school. He's like, all right, let's go to lunch and I'm going to come and see you. I was like, we don't have to go to lunch. Like I like, we just come in here. And he told me that he was going to MD Anderson for like a last ditch effort tank, but deal. And after conversations, we reminisced on when we coached together and took a 0 and 10 team, an 0 and 10 team, a 1 and 9 team to a 7 and 5 playoff team um, that we inherited for one year. And he asked me this: "You talk about planning and making your days count." He planned out his funeral and asked me to be a pallbearer. And I've never had that experience ever um, of having essentially a dead man walking and asking me to be one of his six. And we've talked about this before in previous episodes of like, who are your six? And, um, I just think the fact of, of the planning part, not getting too morbid or anything like that, but planning out everything to where our days do count. You know, I think you do an excellent job of planning. I mean, you wrote a book. I mean, I can't even sit down enough to write three pages in a book. Like, there's planning that goes into that. There's planning that goes into being a successful coach, whatever success looks like for you. And we're not talking about W's here. Um, I just think when we go to make those days count, it's when we wake up in the morning, can we rest our head at night and ask ourselves tough questions in a mirror as we brush our teeth, did I get everything accomplished that I wanted to get accomplished today? 
and only we can answer that. Yeah, I'm going to add on that right now. It's actually deeper than that and much simpler than that, honestly. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw. Because, I mean, I teach eighth grade, you work with high schoolers, like our kids don't realize how inefficient they are, mm-hmm. right? And if you wanna make your days count, you gotta be really damn efficient, right? <laughs> and in and education right now, people are leaving the, the profession in droves because they're inefficient. Mm-hmm. So more gets put on the plate, nothing comes off the plate. You just have to get better at how you manage it, right? That's right. And uh, we all have that same amount of four letter word time. And so really it comes down to how efficient are you? And I got this from Dr. Gilbert, who um, is the success hotline guy, right? right? Done a lot of work with him. Um, and uh, his mental performance is second to none in my opinion. But he says every night when you put your head on the pillow, you're gonna say one of two things to yourself. You're either gonna say, I'm glad I did, or you're gonna say, I wish I had. Mm. And when you talk about making the days count, it's, you you have a lot more I'm glad I did than you do I wish I had. Yeah, I, I think that's, that stems from, you talked about time, that famous four letter word. It's the greatest non-renewable resource. Everybody gets 24 hours in that day. Um, about where we do with it, because a lot of time it's spent meaninglessly doing nothing. Well, and it's worse than that because a lot of us greatly overestimate the amount of time we have. Right. Like, uh, I just read a Stanford survey a study that just talked about, they surveyed a bunch of people um, and they asked them, would you want to live to be 100 or not? Yes or no? And like 75% of the people they surveyed said yes. Uh, I don't think 75% are going to get there. I mean, it's probably no. closer to 30%. Right. I don't know what the, I mean, I'm not an actuary, so I don't know what the morbidity table is going to be, but you can guarantee 75% won't make it to a hundred yet. That's our mindset, right? We think yeah. we're going to get to a hundred. Yeah. And so I think about your friend, here's the thing, like, here's the choices he had, right? So you find out, you get that news, your world comes crashing down. You're on borrowed time now. Yeah. So you could either plan, my best friend, this is a great story actually. My best friend from high school, his dad um, fought ALS for seven years, Mm. okay? Super wealthy individual, great human being. Uh, My second dad before my college coach, he'd be kind of my third dad. This is my best friend's dad from the time that I'm five, super successful, gets ALS, chooses to do nothing with his personal life. He's spending time with family. He is um, doing all these other things. He's getting the treatment. He's going all over the country. But like basically my best friend after his dad passed, which was inevitable, right? Had to come back to his childhood home and there's everything in their house because his dad ignored it for seven years. And so to, to think about your friend, he could have done that. He could have went and lived his life, whatever life he had left, you know, and uh, ignored his personal affairs, but he did it. And that's why now after the shoe falls, mm-hmm. you know, now it's, it's like, okay, well, everything's done because I had thought ahead because we knew this day was coming. 
Right. Um, can't do anything about it. It doesn't change the fact that it hurts. It doesn't change the fact that loss is loss, but it does change the fact of there's a burden a little bit relieved because this is this were his intentions. And it's not just he wasn't just saying them. He had them done. Right. I want to go back to you. I was talking to you last night about this. And uh, you say in your book this this line, and I want our listeners to hear this, but I got to coach a game on Friday. And the funeral is on Friday. So the visitation, all that, funerals at 10, 1030. Um, the funeral's in the northern part of the state, and we play in the southern part of the state. And <laughs> my wife and I were just talking, and she was in it full circle. And then a friend of mine that's here that he got into coaching when he moved from South Carolina or Southern California. He goes in it full circle because Doug was kind of, I got back into coaching because of him and met him and saw who he was, like kind of showed me the ropes of what success really looked like at an early age. So here it is. I get to be the pallbearer and bury a good friend, a mentor, and then go do the job in three hours of what I was called to do, and that was coach a football game. Uh, so it's just full circle how you you say in your book, weddings are optional, funerals are mandatory. And uh, people are like, well, you could just do the funeral and take the bus with the team and do this. I was like, no, I don't want to be that guy when I get to heaven. And him come look at me and be like, I, I asked you to do one thing, you know. Uh, so that's... I think that was so, when you told me that last night, that, that sits with me and it's so powerful uh, well, it makes, to hear that. It makes your decisions easy, right? Oh, you talk about yeah. efficiency, yeah. there it is. There's the box. We know we know what it is. You get invited to a wedding. And, and here's the rationale for some of the listeners that maybe haven't read my book, although they should. They should uh, read it. Yes, they should. <laughs> selfish plug there. <laughs> but um, you can have a good time anywhere, right? Like I know weddings are one-time events, should be one-time events. Should be. Um, I go for the but, cake. You can duplicate that good time somewhere else. You could, you know, people renew their wedding vows. They go on a second honeymoon. Like there's ways that you can get together and have a good time. You can't go back and relive a funeral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think when you live your life with that funnel, and by the way, my best friend's dad, that was advice he shared with me. So full circle, as our conversation goes, when Daryl died, uh, he wrestled in college, played football and wrestled in college. He used to say, you know, that he had arms like legs and legs like people. And so that's something that I constantly stress with my wrestlers as well. But uh, he was the one that told me that advice, like that funerals are mandatory, weddings are optional. And so I took the personal day to go to his wedding that day. And then I drove three hours so I could coach a wrestling meet that night. So when you live your life according to these principles, right? And you have these people that have impacted your life immensely in ways that you're never going to pay them back, right? Because mm-hmm. it's too late. And, and even if you could pay them back, they don't want it. Right. The best way we can pay people back is to pay it forward now, right. which is one of the reasons I wrote the book and dedicated that chapter on funerals to him, to Daryl. But, you know, that's what it's about. It's about let's keep the legacy going. And all yeah. of a sudden that advice becomes much bigger than you and it's much bigger than us and it's much bigger than the single person and it really can change people's lives it can it can i want to read this this is a newspaper clipping just from when it's from 2008 when he won coach of the year and i need our coaches to listen this This is awesome 
little by little, the smiles returned to Tallulah Academy this fall. This is back in 2008. Before games, during games, after games, even in defeat, they were there because football was fun again. And out of all of the honors and accolades Doug Brandon could possibly receive, simply seeing his players smile was the greatest he could have received. Just seeing them smile in winning, in losing, whatever. Just saying that he came out of retirement less than a month before the season started and took the job as Tallulah's football coach and AD. He inherited a team that had won one game in 07 and four in the previous three seasons. He took that team to a 7-5 and five in their first winning season since 03, and they reached the playoffs for the first time. We lost to the number one team in the state 10 to nothing that night. Make the days count. If you want to make the days count, make people smile. That's it. Make them smile. Um, I'll keep you updated on on um, the funeral and stuff like that and how it goes and squelching in on two wheels. But I told our head coach, I said, look, it's at 2.30. I'll be there at kickoff. Um, so it's just it's kind of surreal. Like I, It's not real to me yet. I don't think it will be until I'm there Friday. Uh, but Doug was like a brother to me. And no doubt in my mind that he make every day count that he was on this earth. So my challenge to coaches, to co-workers, to ADs, to teachers, in the morning when you get up, have the mindset of making that day count. 